Yeah, and and one of the things, Larry, that that I know comes for you and comes for me when you work with the right kind of client is confidence. Mm. You know, there's there's this big, I don't know, this big thought experiment out there that everybody should be working on their weaknesses. And I couldn't disagree with that more as it pertains to business and as it pertains to the things in your life that you enjoy. I think that in your physical fitness, you should be working on your weaknesses. I think that you should be spending 80% of your time developing the things that you are weakest in when it comes to your physical preparedness for life. When it comes to your business practices, the people you surround yourselves with and, and you know the, the environment in which you live, you should be spending, in my opinion, 80% of your time on the things that you are strongest in. We're going to get to the show in a minute. What I want to talk about first is the new Active Life Enhanced Assessment. We've been getting a lot of questions from you about what do I do when it bothers my knee when I squat, but not when I do anything else. And you're not necessarily ready to work with us as a one-on-one client, and we totally understand that. We've gotten hundreds of questions just like the one I just said. My knee hurts when I do this. What should I do about it? And the honest answer is always it depends, and we need to ask many more questions to give you the best answer. We decided that the best way for us to help you with the thorough answer to those questions is to develop a product, a service that can help you. So we came up with the Active Life Enhanced Assessment. This is a four-day process in which you go through the similar assessment to what our one-on-one clients go through. You get to talk to one of our staff members about what it is that they found on your assessment. And they will give you instruction on how to overcome the aches and pains that have been plaguing you for a long time without going to the doctor or missing the gym, if it's appropriate for you to do that. So if you're interested in jumping into our Active Life Enhanced Assessment, go ahead, check out the link in the show notes, and we'll see you there. Welcome back to another episode of Turning Pro on the Active Life Podcast. I'm Larry Geyer, and I'm here with Dr. Sean Pestuch. It's true. What's up, Larry? So what I would love to discuss today is how turning away business can actually make you more valuable and more successful. Yeah, I, I love this topic because I think that people swing way too far in both directions of it. You know, it's the the audience that says, say no more often and you'll be more respected. And then there's the audience that says, you need to say yes to everything. You don't even know what you like or who you can help yet. And I think that it'd be really valuable for us to, to build that middle for people. So let's do that. Is, that. is the yes group about, you know, geared towards people who need to be finding out who they are and who they need to be helping? Is that the idea? In part. You know, I I did an interview a while back with Dr. Andy Galpin. I don't remember what number it was. Uh, Maybe we can find it and throw it in the show notes. But Andy Galpin talked about his entire career got started because he said yes to taking blood pressure at a health fair in the rain outside at college when he had no interest in a career around doing anything like that. And that, you know, somebody noticed that he did a good job and then they gave him the next opportunity and then the next opportunity. And he's like, and I don't know how many things I said yes to that didn't turn into anything because I probably forgot about them. And that means that they weren't that important. But I think that people who say no to things before they are ready to really hone in what their story is, what their value is, what their service is, are making the mistake of of not allowing their clients to help shape their their business. Okay, so now we're getting somewhere. So we're talking about 
we're talking about saying yes to opportunity as you build more and more clarity around who you are and what you want to be doing. Yeah. The, 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 well, we can get to the no's. Let's talk about the yeses first. Why don't we just do that? Why don't we break it down? We talk about yes and then we'll talk about no. If, if you are not absolutely clear on who you want to work with, how you want to help them, what would be the limiting factors to your ability to be successful for them? You should be saying yes to just about everybody who wants to work with you. And you should be learning about what do I like about this person's communication style that makes us a good match? What do I like about the way that this person likes to move that makes us a good match? What do I like about the way that this person treats money that makes us a good match? Because you don't want someone who's just flippant with it. You don't want someone who's stingy with it. So how do you find that right person who respects your time, who respects your knowledge, who questions you when they don't understand? It's, it's formulating the right person through many people, kind of like dating. So you go through the process of working with one person in one environment, another person in another environment, and you end up a whole bunch of opportunities and jobs down the road, right? Or interactions down the road with a much clearer idea of what you enjoy doing, the kind of person you enjoy doing it for and the way that you enjoy helping them. Yeah. And in a way, and I brought up the dating analogy. It's, it's, it's just like when you, you date a girl or, or a guy and you're like, man, I loved everything about that person except they, they just, they were a mouth breather and they chewed really loud at the table. Okay. You stuck with them for how long? Like, a month, two months, three months, the next time that you date somebody, if on the first date they're a mouth breather and they're chewing a lot of the table, you're like, fuck that. I'm not wasting three months on this again. And you just get out. And then you start to find other things about this person that maybe you you are not interested in and other things that you are interested in. And then you start to develop your non-negotiables for a partner in life. It's the same in business. It's the exact same in business. It's just that you're not looking for the same things. Well, I think that there's a, there's a message here that, you know, maybe Dr. Andy probably understood intuitively. And I think that some of us do, and some of us don't, there's, there's a pretense here that says you can and should be selfish around what you want to have happen in your career such that you can be most energized by the work you do Mm -hmm. instead of just taking what you can get. The only way to be great at the work that you do is to be energized by the work that you do. And in the beginning, when you're not energized by the client who's a pain in the ass, who you would like, man, I shouldn't have taken this person. You need to be energized by the process of finding the right kind of client and the right kind of service and the right kind of process, all of that. That's, that's the thing that should be energizing in the beginning. It's learning about who you are, who you want to help, how you can help them getting better at it and recognizing that, like, look, a lot of the people I'm going to work with right now are the wrong person for me long-term, but I'm going to learn a lot from them. Okay. So, we have clarity now on who we are and what we want to do, the kind of people we want to help and how we want to help them because it energizes us and benefits them in a huge way. Mm-hmm. Now we're at a point where presumably if we've done a good job, we have a decent roster of people who are paying us for our services. We've gotten good at what we do. We like it. We have clear understandings of how to more efficiently deliver that service. And people are really happy with us. We have great testimonials. It's a good. It's a good day. It's a good mm-hmm. month. It's a good year. What do we do when we're in a position where we're not yet exactly where we want to be? You know, we don't, our financials aren't exactly where we want them to be. We're still building our business to a point that we're financially fulfilled and stable, but we're clear on who we are and what we want to do. And then we get some people who 
want us to do 75% of the job that we want to do and 25% of what they want from us isn't really what we're interested in. Why is it so important to start saying no to these people? First of all, I want to backtrack a little bit. What you described was you have almost a full book of business. You have, you have a fairly full book of business, but you're not making the financial ends meet the way that you would like to. Somebody comes along and they're most of what you want to work with, but not all of what you want to work with. Why is it important to say no to them? And I would say it's not. I would say you should work with that person because what's probably going to happen there is you're going to learn something about the 25% of them that's not a match for you that maybe you're not perfectly aligned on what your match is. Now, that being said, there had to be non-negotiables there, right? Like if the 25% is, oh, and I want 50% off, well, then obviously you're not going to work with them. But if the 25% is, I'd like to, like if you're a trainer in a gym and you're very into free weights and like, I'd like to mix in some, some machines, okay, I'll work with this person because you need to, A, learn how to use the machines effectively so that people who are on them, using them ineffectively, become people who you can approach in the gym and teach them the more effective way to use the machine to gain their trust and then get them off of the machine, right? So when I was a trainer at Equinox in 2005, one of the ways that I would get clients would be to walk over to people on the machines and ask them if they needed any support, if there's anything I could do to help them. What is it that you're working on? What are you trying to achieve? And constantly I would hear people say things and I'm like, you, in my head, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing on this piece of equipment then? You're in the wrong place, doing the wrong thing with the wrong weight. Everything about this is wrong. But instead of telling them that you did this wrong, intuitively, and which is mind-blowing because I, I was a very poor communicator at the time, intuitively I understood I'm better off showing this person how to do what they're already doing better and, and help them believe that what they're doing, that they've made a smart decision than to make them feel like they're doing something totally wrong. And that allowed me to start taking my clients and using machines in a way that I didn't want to and then take them off of them over time. Like, hey, you're doing great over here. When we're able to do this, we're going to move off of the machine into freeway because that's when it's more appropriate. But it's, it's, it's incumbent upon you, the coach, to earn the trust before you start to break all the beliefs. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So instead of, instead of saying no to someone who might be a good fit, if you can slowly, incrementally influence them in a direction that'd be more positive over time, um, you can start saying yes to these people, <clears throat> excuse me, so you have the opportunity to influence them in a bigger, deeper way. A hundred percent. You know, it, it's, you're not going to find, I think one of the reasons why people say no to too many people when they hear conversations like the one that we're having right now, the one that we're certainly going to get to when we talk about no, is they start turning away everybody who's not perfect for them. And they're like, no, 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 no. The perfect person is going to come along and I'm going to be able to service them. And I say no to anybody who doesn't meet my ideal client avatar. It's like, dude, <laughs> you, you haven't earned the right to be so picky. That is some, that is, that right there is reserved for people who can develop waiting lists. That is reserved for people who know how to find their next job. That is reserved for people who are not passively waiting for work to come to them, but who are actively out there seeking work and want to be picky about what they say yes to and no to because it occupies the space and the opportunity to go acquire more work. 
it's not your right when you sit there and somebody comes to you, offers the opportunity for you to gain experience working with them, but they're not exactly who you want to work with. That's not your, that's not your privilege yet. So how does someone get to the point and, and how do they know that they're at this point when it's appropriate to start making the decision to say no to more people? How do they do it? What's the right way to say no to someone? And what's, what's the, what's the mutual benefit of saying no? Yeah. So the way I like to look at it is if it costs you a lot of energy to say no, if you're like, damn, I really wanted to say yes to that, but I had to say no because they're not my perfect client. There should be a time in your career at which the energy to say no is equal to or less than the energy to say yes. So at that point, start saying no. So what I mean by that is this. If somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you're, you're a great coach. I'd love to work with you. I've seen the way that you train your clients. I want to do this, 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 this. And you're like, dude, those things are not real. And you're like, I, like I, this is way too much energy for me to even think about how to educate you on the realities of what you're asking for. Say no to that person. But if somebody comes up to you and they're like, hey, I'd like to work with you. You, you look like a really good trainer and um, I just really want to tone. I don't want to get bulky. I just really want to tone. Like if you say no to them because they don't understand the physiology of muscle development and fat loss and that you can't turn fat into muscle, if, if you throw your nose in the air at that person, you're missing the opportunity to be the educator that that person needs so that they can become the person that you want to work with. So, and that they would like to become. Yeah. And so, so the energy, the way I look at it is the energy to say yes and the energy to say no must be at least equal before you start saying no. You follow me? Yeah, it makes perfect Like if, you, if you're not able to feed yourself, if you're eating McDonald's because the only thing you can afford, say yes to everybody. Set your prices and work on your salesmanship so that people will pay your prices and say yes to everybody. And then when you start to make enough money where you feel stable, you feel like you can really work on your craft, then start saying no to the people who cost you more energy just to think about working with than to say yes. Now, your second question was, what's the value of saying no to people mutually? What's the mutual value? Right. The value to you as the professional is that when you start saying no to people who are not in your ideal client avatar you know, model, for example, if they're not the kind of person who you find yourself to be exceptional at working with, the value to you is that you get to stay single-minded and focused, right? If you're somebody, for example, who is great at helping people lose weight and then somebody comes along and they're like, hey, I want to be an Olympic athlete, you're going to have to shift your focus, start researching other things to make this person great. You don't just have it. You can't take for granted that you know enough. You're going to have to develop your skills more deeply to help that person. And every moment that you spend developing your skills more deeply to help that person is a moment that you're developing your skills less deeply to help most of the people who come to you mm -hmm. to do the thing that you decided you're passionate about. And now you're chasing money. You're not chasing solutions to problems. The other side of that for them is that if I'm the one person who you work with who is outside of what your ideal client looks like, it means that you don't have a process for me. 
it means that things are going to be a little bit more shaky than I would like them to be, even if I never even notice it. I'm not getting your best. And there is somebody else who would love to work with me, who you might even know, and if you have an abundance mindset, would refer me to, so that I can get better results faster in a more certain way and gain trust in you for making that referral in the first place. Yeah. That's that to me stands out as one of the greatest short and long term things you can do for not only trust, but your own reputation Mm -hmm. as a professional. Yeah. And the difficult part of that is I can remember at least a dozen specific times I can see the people's faces in my head as I'm talking to you about this. When I had clients come up to me when I was at Equinox and they wanted to work with me and I would say, you know, um, I really think that you'd be better off working with Adrian with Brett, with Andrea. And then when I know they had clients of theirs who would have been perfect for me, they didn't refer back because they didn't have the same mindset of I should send clients to them who are not perfect for me. They had the mindset of I can help just about anybody. But I knew that most of their clients matched these people. And that sucks and it stings and it's still the right thing to do. No, that makes perfect sense. And I think that at the end of the day, you are going to end up saving yourself a ton of energy and your clients, whether they become your clients in the short term or not, are going to experience a ton of relief knowing that you didn't make a decision that was based on the prioritization of their money over their well-being. Yeah. And and one of the things, Larry, that, that I know comes for you and comes for me when you work with the right kind of client is confidence. Mm. You know, there's there's this big... I don't know, this big thought experiment out there that everybody should be working on their weaknesses. And I couldn't disagree with that more as it pertains to business and as it pertains to the things in your life that you enjoy. I think that in your physical fitness, you should be working on your weaknesses. I think that you should be spending 80% of your time developing the things that you are weakest in when it comes to your physical preparedness for life. When it comes to your business practices, the people you surround yourselves with and, and you know the, the environment in which you live, you should be spending, in my opinion, 80% of your time on the things that you are strongest in, continuing to, to, to compile wins, building, stacking confidence on top of confidence, top of confidence. You don't need to keep on searching after the kind of client that you don't know how to help just so that you can suck again and have your confidence knocked down while you piece together the puzzle to help that person. It's not fair to you and it's not fair to them. And I believe that if you're spending 80% of your time where you're excellent in your work, where your passion lives in your work, you're going to exponentially build your ability to help people. And the other 20% is just supposed to be spent making sure that you are not a liability in the other places. It'll also, I imagine, more quickly build a momentum that will get you to a place where you have more freedom of time, space, money, and energy to really work on and more effectively allocate energy and time and money to the 20% that you might feel is really important to fill out the cracks. Without a doubt. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the old, it's the fallacy of chasing what other people believe is important, Mm. right? So the reason why so many people out there are telling you to say no more often is because they said yes to too many people in their life and they waited too long to start saying no. They also um, just 
they're, they're speaking from their own experience and they're doing it from a place of empathy and your best interests. The reality, however, is that I believe at least my reality for you is that you need to get to a place in which you're ready to say no. Because when you start saying no, if it beats you up that you, you don't know how to get a client and you keep saying no to all these clients who want to work with you and now you can't afford to move out of mom and dad's house and you can't take your girlfriend, boyfriend out to dinner for, for one night, saying no is not bringing you value. Okay. So I want to give some very clear homework, some clear action steps sure. here for how we can do this and fill in what I miss or edit what I miss. Homework number one is come to very, very clear terms and be 100% clear and certain around the fact that the only way you can actually be excellent, fantastic at what you do is if you not only accept, but embrace the fact that you have to be selfish around what you want to do and how you want to be a professional. Yes. And you need to have perspective around why it is you're doing that. Can you unpack that a little bit? The process we talked about before. So for example, if you're talking about the, the, the new coach or the person who just decided, I want to make this a living, I want to quit my job as a teacher, a firefighter, police officer, whatever, to do this, okay, then you need to say yes to everybody right now. And you need to understand that the reason you're saying yes is not necessarily because you want to work with everybody, but because you want to learn who you want to work with and who you can help the best. And as you start to refine your message, you start to refine your, your client, you will start to attract the right client. Okay. So that brings me to homework number two. Homework number two is say yes to all opportunity while you develop as a professional who understands exactly who they want to work with, what they want to do and how they want to do it. Yes. And action step number three is wait for and look out for the moment at which you have enough business where it costs you an equal amount of energy to say no or yes to a new client, at Be which point you can start saying no to more people exactly. and referring them effectively. Exactly. The only, the only asterisk to that is you say no when somebody negotiates on your price, right? Once, once you've set your price, that's your price. So this is even if someone's a perfect fit for you in terms of what they yes. want to have happen. If yes. someone negotiates on your price, yes. that's a non-negotiable. Exactly. You. And it doesn't like, it doesn't matter how early in your career are, how much money you're making, how much money you need in the beginning of your career. If your price is $500 for the thing, and somebody offers you $499, you say no on principle. I'll never forget, ever. There was a guy who came to the gym, quick story, who we were charging $175 a month in 2012. And this guy came into the gym and he was like, hey, I want to join your gym and I want to pay $165. I said, that's great. Um, we don't discount, but I would love to have you as a member at $175. He's like, I'll join for the year. I'll commit to a year of payments at 165. I said, I understand. I appreciate it, but I'm not going to take 165. He's like, so you're telling me you'd rather not have me pay you 165 for a year than not have me at all. And I was like, no, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. I would much rather have you paying me 165 every month for a year than not have you at all. But I also value what I value. And I don't want to give every member else who we have $10 off per month because I gave it to you. And he ended up not joining. And in the moment I was like, this fucking asshole. And then years later I reflected, I'm like that. I'm really happy that I stood on that experience 
And I have no idea how that guy's doing. I hope he's doing well. Mm-hmm. But that gave me a lot of confidence. No, it's a, it's a beautiful demonstration of strength. And I can see why it instilled so much confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that once professionals, even if, even if they're not exactly where they want to be, start understanding that if they do that for themselves, they are going to more confidently stride from step to step to step going forward because mm-hmm. they believe in who they are and what they're worth. It's, it's going to pay. So off I'll make it really simple and then we can wrap this thing up. There are three questions that you need to be able to answer before you can justifiably say, I can say no to these people. And until you can answer these questions, you should be saying yes to everybody. Question number one is specifically what problem do you solve for your client? Question number two, and you should know, by the way, their external problem, their internal problem, and their philosophical problem. You should know all three of those. They all become a part of the same thing. We can unpack what those three things are in another podcast later on. Otherwise, read Donald Millard's How to Build a Story Brand. Question number two, through what process do you solve that problem? Have a process. Break it into phases. Explain to your clients what's actually going to be happening. And then question number three, why are you uniquely fit to solve that problem? If you can't answer those three questions, You haven't earned the right to say no to anybody yet. That's very clear. All right, guys, you have homework. You heard it from the man himself. Is that what we're calling you now? I I appreciate that. We'll delete this part. We should keep that part in. Please keep that part in. Turn pro, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Active Life Podcast. If you did, please be sure to head to wherever you listened to it and give us a quality review as well as five stars if you can spare. If you want more from us, Feel free to follow all of our social media accounts at Active Life Professional, Active Life RX, and Dr. Sean Pastuch on Instagram. Remember, at Active Life, we believe that the healthcare clinic of the future is the gym, and the healthcare provider of the future is the coach. We also believe that that future is now. Time to